Welcome to The Teacher's Story. I'm Jackie Scully. This is a podcast to elevate teacher voice. In this program, you will hear teachers sharing their journey into this profession and their ideas for education. This is about honest, vulnerable, inspiring storytelling. It's a time and a space for teachers to share their ideas for the future of education. Teachers are beautiful beings who give their heart and soul to their community. They're innovators, they're inspirational, not only to children, but to the people around them. And they deserve to share their voice. So welcome to The Teacher's Story. Enjoy. Hi, welcome to The Teacher's Story. This is Jackie Scully. And today we have Stella Yan with us. I am so excited. I have been a guest on two of her podcasts. Her two podcasts are called Born to Do It where she read my natal chart. It was super fun, learned a lot about my natal chart and just my position in the world. And then her other podcast, Big Souls, Big Ideas, that we did over the holidays was all about the inner child, which really uh, intrigued me into having Stella on the podcast today to talk about her big ideas in education. This is a very non-traditional type of interview today. Um, Stella is outside of education as a working industry, but very much passionate about children um, and looking at their growth and looking at their brilliance and their light and how we can really transform education to foster that light. So I'm so excited to have Stella on today. She's the founder of Stellar Incorporated, purpose-driven brand strategy, brand storytelling, and new earth leadership. So we'll get into that today an authenticity coach, and she's one of the most authentic authentic people I have come across. So I am so excited. Thank you, Stella, for coming on. Thank you for the beautiful introduction, Jackie. I got to say, I love hosting, but it's amazing to be a guest in your show as well, because you're doing fantastic things into the world and spreading these ideas of positive change starting in the education system, which I think it's crucial for the success of us as humanity for, for our well-being and for collaborating a better world together so very excited about what we're going to co-create today yes we've been very much aligned since we've met and I I just continue these collaborations it's really exciting so kind of an, a different way to start this instead of like why did you get into teaching um what was education your experience like growing up as a child or if you want to talk a little bit about kind of you know, um, maybe even how that gave way to you wanting to care, Mary, about education and children. It's very interesting. You're bringing me back to a childhood memory of me trying to memorize a lesson so that, you know, I can recite it at home so that I can get an A at school. And it was kind of that fear-based approach. And I think I was always an A student because there was this, I suppose, desire to be a great performer but it, it was I always loved studying I always loved doing my homework but I never had that authentic connection with the education system it was more to do with it's an escape from that mindset of the people around me that we need to perform we need to prove ourselves and so I was always driven towards certain things that maybe weren't part of the education system growing up I would always go and read comic books I would always buy my own books and kind of continue my education path and pave my own way and I would consume so much information through movies and series I think 
I was like a zombie. If you ask my parents when I was in high school, they'd be like, she was always in the laptop watching these shows because I was determined I'm going to study in English. So English isn't my first language. It's Bulgarian. I spent the first 18 years of my life in Bulgaria. And th there was this drive. I want to escape from this. Mostly because I knew that English was a way for me to connect to so many more amazing people out into the world. And if I didn't follow that inner drive for maybe it was driven from I want to escape, but it was also I want to connect. It wasn't even that much about the escape. You know, at some point it was more to do with, wow, I'm learning so much through these movies, through these books, through these creators that are using English to connect. And that was kind of my determination. I want to study in English. So I went to um, Scotland. I studied my bachelor, my master's there. And this drive, this desire to continue my education in English just remained. And my work career so far, it's been built on that, using my English knowledge, expanding on my English knowledge. So I did journalism and creative writing. And then I use my communication to help brands tell their stories as a copywriter, as a social media editor. And now that I founded my company, it's to do with storytelling and helping people bring that authenticity from, you know, everybody that starts a company, every entrepreneur, they want to create positive change, but they don't necessarily know how to extract the information of why and how their bringing is contributing to that. And I think living more consciously starts with redesigning our inner narrative and redesigning our our inner drive and storytelling allows us to do that, to take control of that narrative and set a precedent for those that come after us as well. So education hasn't always been the most inspirational for me, I suppose, growing up, but I always had this inner drive to learn. And somehow the resources found me, the courses found mm. me, the workshops found me, the teachers, the mentors, as somebody that's a foreigner in these environments for the past decade, I've always found my North Star kind of guiding me in the right rooms because many people know that if you are a new person in a company, a new person in an environment, a new person in a school, there you have to prove yourself in some way. But because I grew up with that, you know, you have to prove yourself. You have to have that A, you have to have, you know, the good grades, the good recommendations because I had the strict upbringing, I suppose, I developed that self-discipline, but now I understand it's not the best way to teach people. So the way that I'm trying to encourage self-growth when it comes to, you know, approaching your development, continued development is with more self-love and more compassion, which I think is why we're seeing more people turn to authenticity, because we're learning how to be kinder to ourselves, because we're learning until the day we die, we're going to continue to learn. And I think that's one mindset shift for schools, maybe that we're going to start talking about how can schools support the adults as well how can they support the parents because it's not just the kids that are sitting and you know i have my sister she comes with the homework and she's like can you help me with this and then she turns to my dad he's like can you help me with the math studies so the adults need to continue to revisit some of the lessons and i think where school can really empower us is if they introduce more soft skills and more financial education and more empathy and more of that mindset of collaboration, because that is where we're headed in the next decade, both at school, both in the workplace, and even at home. Like we need to learn how to collaborate better and speak our truth, because the more we ace the life lessons, the more we become better human beings, the greater our impact in the world.
Yeah. And what was coming to mind when you were speaking about your whole experience is that, you know, kind of bringing more people on this show, like yourself that are not in a traditional teaching education position, but you are a teacher, you are a mentor. I mean, you are a lifelong learner, your inspiration and your story you're sharing can help people really look at education in a new way and help even students have that sense of agency that like, it's not just what people in school tell you what to learn. It's that you can find that intrinsic motivation. You can find your own internal guide, your, your guidance system to find what you truly love and almost like ignore the noise around you and tap inward. And you often talk about that, like on your podcast and you talk about earth is a school, right? And I've heard that in a lot of places, especially in the spiritual world is that, and I see it 100% is that this is a school. It's meant to learn lessons. It's meant to experiment. We're meant to fail and make mistakes. And that is a good thing because that is how we grow. And we're not meant to do it alone. We're meant to do it with all of our peers, which is the humans of the world. Like everyone is here doing this with us. And I think podcasting as a platform like you have and I have and so many of the other people we know is a great way to teach each other, right? Show each other other perspectives. And the fact that you had this drive to want to learn and learn English and move away from where you grew up. And you said people were coming to you to help you as a mentor and giving you resources. It's because you were following your authenticity. I didn't really learn that until I was like 40. <laughs> so kudos to you. That's amazing. Um, when you follow your authenticity and that internal guidance system, your, your inner voice, then you move energy in the external and it comes in. And that's exactly what's been happening to me since I started this podcast and everything that I've been doing just a couple of years ago. Um, so I'm a little late to the game, but I'm glad I'm in the game in my 40s than never or just older. So um, one other part before we really get into like your ideas about school and I love this idea of consciousness and what do we want to bring to school, like soft skills with empathy and financial learning and all of that. And that's something I talk about a lot on here is that pivot in your life. So the fact that we're here having this conversation is because you had a big pivot in your life to bring you on board to having now your own company and doing the work that you're doing and branding in a different way, in a more authentic way. So can you talk a little bit about that life experience and kind of what uh, led you to this you know, work you're doing now? Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I think it was the big pandemic reset that we all experienced that kind of brought me to the realization that something wasn't right because uh, as a creative person I've always had ideas I've always been an idea generator and maybe when I was younger I didn't understand it I just always had an idea I always relied that the idea will come to me and at some point I realized wow that's one of my superpowers it doesn't matter what happens I always find an idea I always find you know a way to think outside of the box but I reached a point just before the pandemic where there were no ideas it was very quiet. I felt very lost. I felt very depressed. And I knew something's not right because it was a sense of loss that 
I could only describe it as a loss of identity, a loss of self. And I was having a very good career. I was surrounded by very interesting people. You know, we were going on adventures, traveling the world. Nothing had changed. And yet I felt like a part of me was gone, was missing. And I remember it was one of those pandemic walks when I was outside and I was thinking, I was reading the big magic from Elizabeth Gilbert, I was trying to find, you know, externally what is happening, how I can bring some of that creativity back. And I remember I just stopped with the book and I just turned to the universe and I was like, show me the way, show me the way back to myself, show me the steps and I'll follow them. And what happened next was this series of guidance. I was being guided every single day to invest into my own self-growth. I started participating in different workshops, different classes. I started asking more daring questions. I started being more honest with myself, but also asking for that feedback around, you know, from the people around me. What can you give me guidance? How can I approach the situation from a different way? I started exploring myself through the eyes of others so that I can collect as much feedback as possible. And at some point I had this idea of a daily self-growth challenge, which was the big talk. That's how it all started with me declaring to the world, I'm not doing any more small talk because I'm on a quest to find myself and I want a quest to bring everybody else who's ready to look within and discover what's what, what they're made of, what they're really made of. And so this lasted for 365 days. Every single day, I wrote a question, I channeled that question, I sent it to the few email subscribers I had, but it was really a journey for me. And I just wanted to share that journey with others and invite other people. And at the end of that journey or around that ending of that journey, I also started doing a self-healing kind of journey of just facing memories from my childhood, memories that were painful to me. They weren't necessarily awful memories, but I carried pain from my childhood that was just within me. And so I had to reparent myself, sit with myself, revisit that memory, cry the tears that come to the surface, journal about it, and then release that. And every time I would feel lighter and lighter, and there would be more space for me to truly be myself without, you know, having to wear masks and pretend that I'm okay and having to filter what I have to say so that I don't offend somebody else, which in turn changed the people around me because I could no longer tolerate certain behavior because it was no longer a match to who I was becoming. I changed my habits. Everything that I did had to change to match the version that I was building because the, the version that I was then wasn't a version that was authentic, wasn't a version that I was truly proud of. It was a version that was surviving, but it was barely me. And so in the matter of a year, a year and a half, I just changed everything. And I had Excel sheets. I was tracking my habits every single month. I was trying, if I read for 20 minutes, if I exercise in the morning, if I wake up at five in the morning, it was this huge examination of everything that I did from, from logically, but also intuitively. I reconnected with my emotional self, with my logical self. And, you know, there was a formula at some point that I created for myself. And now I'm using that formula to teach people and coach people and help them to create their vision board, connect with that lost sense of self. And somewhere along the way, the spiritual element kicked in. And that spiritual element was what led me to discover parts about myself that Maybe I had discovered when I was a child that I completely discarded uh, parts that are very much connected to that creativity, that inner child that just 
wants to dream big. And I've always wanted to write a book. And that book is in the making. It's a book about how to be happy, being yourself, how to be more authentic. And I have that joke now that I kind of say to myself and to my guides that if I had followed the path that I thought was the best path, I would have published a book, might have been successful, but it would have been a very limited success. Whereas now I've expanded that vision through the work that I'm doing, through these conversations, through the podcasts, through the business platform, mostly because it's not just about that one book. It's not just about making that milestone. It's about reaching people. It's about sharing parts of yourself with other people and collaborating with them. And I don't think I ever anticipated that the self-growth journey is going to open these new doors of possibilities for me because it's still very much about me channeling my potential. And I think this is what a lot of people don't understand. When you invest in yourself, it's not selfish because you unlock so much of your potential that you can help other people with, with your own potential, with you becoming a greater version of yourself. And yes, there's an element of you having to let go of certain habits and certain people, but you have to view them as collaborators for the previous versions of yourself. You have to view them as teachers that you shared classrooms with or classmates that you shared classrooms with but now you're being asked to walk forward to your own school and invite people where you can teach them those lessons and invite other teachers where you can teach the lessons together you might even become the principal you might open a franchise of schools and that's why I love the idea that earth is a school because we're constantly advancing our understanding of our mission here I use astrology and numerology as you know to help people find you know their earth instructions but from all the conversations that I've had with all these beautiful people, including yourself, is you always know there's this inner knowing that you should proceed in a specific direction because it just gives you joy. It gives you excitement. It gives you peace. And when you find yourself kind of lost in life, when you find yourself depressed, isolated, when you find yourself losing meaning, it's because you're not looking in the right direction. But it's also an opportunity to learn more about yourself. So the element of learning is always there. If you view your life as a series of lessons, a series of opportunities, every loss becomes an opportunity for you to expand your understanding around why you're going through this. Because everything is teaching you something. If you're open to accept the lesson, of course. But, you know, that's that's part of the growth mindset, the abundance mindset. And that's why I think schools have such an important part to play that, you know, they can create a new wave of humans for the future. Humans that don't leave school with a lack mindset, with scarcity mindset, with victim mindset, but they're already empowered with this growth mindset. They're already creating business structures that can actually you know, they go to university and they're applying their innovative thinking to change the way that education continues at university. So the possibilities are endless. And that's one of the biggest, you know, lessons, I would say, from my personal journey, my personal evolution is that we have been conditioned to believe that there is a certain amount of possibilities. And that's not true. And it doesn't matter if it comes to education or the workplace, the possibilities are endless. And when we get, when we experience seasons of loss, it's very easy to think, that's it, I felt that I'm, I'm not worthy of this, I'm not worthy of anything, and so on and so on. 
And unfortunately, the society that we live in kind of supports that narrative. And the future that I want us to live in collectively is a future where we see exactly as you said, failure is part of the process. Failure just brings us closer to success. And we're here to experiment. We're here to fail as many times as possible, especially when we're young, so that we know, yeah, I tried that, it didn't work, but here's what I learned. And um, it's very easy to get lost in life. And all I'm saying is I was lost once, but it's because I didn't stop looking for answers and because I believed in that which I couldn't see that I'm here now having this conversation with you. So looking within will bring you the guidance that you need to proceed forward when you're lost. And all the educators in the education system and outside of it, they're there to support you. And as you said, with podcasts, the resources today are limitless as well. So many. So inspiring. These are the lessons we should be teaching in school. I'm like, can you come to my classroom and just literally talk about your transformation? And it's inspiring. Um, I also believe that when we have authentic and real conversations, particularly with young people, they they listen, they tune in, they're engaged. They're like, oh my gosh, this adult is not a robot, is not expecting <laughs> perfection, but is telling me a real honest story about how they're just a human and they're a person and they've gone through difficult things as well. And as you were sharing about loss, um, what came to mind is that, and this is something, you know, we both have talked about and people in this kind of like circle talk about is that everything is purposeful. Every single thing that happens to you, even when in the moment it's like crappy, right? And you're like, this is not purposeful. Why would this be, especially when it's like dumped on you, dumped on you, dumped on you. It's always like in threes, right? But usually that's the time where the biggest growth is going to come when you're getting like the biggest life lessons, the biggest tests. And it's about how you overcome them, how you grow from that emotionally and with your maturity and all of that. And it is okay to also fail in those moments and have a little bit of an outburst or just rage a little bit. And then I think as we advance in this inner work, we can do that quicker and quicker and quicker and self-regulate faster. I mean, when you were talking, it totally resonated with my journey. You know, everyone maybe has a different way it gets there or a different way it comes about. But the whole process of diving deeper within yourself, which is not selfish, it's actually very selfless because you're doing so much deep inner emotional work where you're, you're, you're working through your shadows, you're working through your insecurities, you're working through your limiting beliefs, and you're going to cry and you're going to journal and you're going to be sitting in some pain sometimes, sitting in some sadness, but then you're clearing the energy and you're doing all of that. You're investing in yourself so that you can give more to people. And so I used to have resentment about, you know, early on when I was doing this work, I would have resentment about like, I am doing all this inner work. I am going through all of these shifts and transformations and emotions and the people around me aren't. And I got to mm -hmm. carry their stuff. And that's not fair. But now I'm seeing about two years into really doing this work, people are shifting in my life. Mm -hmm. Either people leave because they're not meant to be on that path anymore. And again, I used to have resentment when people would not be around in my life anymore. And now I see it as they were my teacher at one point. 
of whatever lesson I had to learn at that point. And I no longer need that lesson anymore. So I'm advancing on, but then there's people who stay with you, like, you know, potentially your parents, right? Maybe a partner or just other, like those true kind of friends who are transforming along with you and are kind of like on that same timeline path and they start to shift too. And I'm seeing that. I'm seeing that with people who have been in my life for a long time and they're staying here because maybe it's my energy. Maybe they are starting to like have their moment of awakening and they are slowly shifting as well. And it's like a really cool thing to watch to see how someone was before and then to see this energy shift. And then there's still like the pitfalls. <laughs> You're like, oh, they're going back to those triggers or going back to whatever, but it gets faster and faster and faster. Like now, if I have a conversation with someone that I would have never gotten through to them, just like they probably would have never gotten through to me when they're having like a moment, now we are getting through to each other. We're like, oh yeah, why are we being like that? Or like, why are we like, just talking about negative stuff. Like, is that doing anything for us? So, you know, and I love this whole analogy of the the school, um, earth as a school, because everyone's your teacher. You are a student at one point, then you're a teacher, you're a student again, and then you're a teacher. And then maybe you're a principal and maybe you create a new way, like a new school and bring people on board. Um, it's, it really is the way of life. And that's why I really want you here. Cause it's just like, we don't have to ke keep school in a box. I always talk about like not having boxes in school, but we also don't have to put school into a box that everything is a school and everyone is a student and teacher. Um, I love that you're writing a book. I'm so excited. I will definitely read your book. It is a big undertaking, but you're right. Like you get to the point where you're ready to write it because of the life experience that led up to that, because there's so much more expansion in you to tell it the way you really want to tell it and be able to almost have it be a service, right? To humanity. It's like, I wrote my book. It was healing for me, but it was also because I've gone through so many experiences in education. And then I went through the spiritual awakening mm -hmm. and then I felt ripe. Then I felt like, oh, now I can write this story. And there's still going to be more layers. There's still going to be, you know, other books or things that we'll work on and do because other things will unlock. So it's just fun to do this work too, because you learn so much about yourself and it is these endless possibilities of like tapping into all of this potential. And then you start to see the world as endless possibilities instead of in lack instead of those limiting beliefs or only putting yourself in a box and saying, mm -hmm. that's all I can be. And I think this is the part I like to get to with you about how we can actually bring this to education, because I think students really should see that the world is endless possibilities and they have so many different ways that they can live this life. And it's not just about one career track and it's doing this inner work when they're little and they're already just doing this consciousness work, which is actually kind of natural to them. It's just, maybe we need to give the language to them to understand it. They're already doing it when they're really little. They see the world as 
endless possibilities. When you ask a kid, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they want to be like five amazing things. And then by the time they're 13, they're like, I don't know what I want to do, but my parents want me to do this. And it completely shifts in like five years. Um, It's like, how do we keep that genie, right? Like in the bottle, how do we keep that going, that magic going from those early years all the way through? And so if you want to share just kind of like your approach to how you've been looking at what we could do in education. Yeah, a couple of thoughts came to mind as you were talking. And, um, you know, there's two ways to look at life, that everything is a miracle or there are no miracles. And being guided to Harry Potter once again, because it's one of the greatest movies about education and how we can view, you know, the learning path. And it's also connecting us to the light and dark and the light and dark within us as well. And examining examining those parts of us that we haven't really had education around. Maybe we do have a couple of philosophy classes or moral education or ethics, um, a bit of literature, but doesn't really guide you how to look within. But if you remember the story or the character development of Neville, he started the series with, why is it always me? He was always targeted. He was always victimized. And he was a victim of his circumstances as well, because he didn't have bad intentions towards people. He just wanted to survive, essentially. And he had that tragic story of losing his parents, which is, you don't have to lose your parents to have that trauma within you as you, as a child, because we're all sensitive beings and our emotions get suppressed the more we live. We numb ourselves so that we don't feel the pain, especially if we have immature caregivers or immature teachers or people that have low emotional intelligence that cannot really guide us. So they're taking our emotional outbursts as something that needs to be put off as if it's fire instead of something that, you know, let's see what we can learn from this emotion. Emotions are here to teach us things. But by the end of the story, Neville was one of the bravest characters and he was one of the bravest soldiers. He was ready to be a teacher and he was a role model for those that, you know, have gone through or are going through the same cycle of, well, why is it always me? He was embodying that spirit of, why not me? And that is a shift that we go through life discovering on our own, usually. We go through these hurdles, we go through repeating cycles and attracting the same types of friends, which I would say it's life lessons until we close the cycle and say, I am worthy of more. I deserve more. I can create more for myself. I can experience more of life. We keep attracting the same life lessons because they're a mirror of where we need to strengthen our boundaries or where we need to give to ourselves more love. But, you know, two things happen as well when you embody more of yourself. One, you are so unapologetically yourself that people actually respect you more. And you might actually get to people that you didn't think you could give her, you could ever reach. And you have to, you start to have these amazing conversations with them. You think, wow, we've just, you know, we're no longer on the surface level. I did not see this coming by me investing in my self growth and me saying who I am, declaring who I am to the world. I am now having these beautiful conversations with all kinds of people. We're no longer caring about the labels. I don't, care what you work, what I work, if you're a founder, if you're a cleaner, we're having conversations so to so. We're getting to know our fears, our pains, our desires. We're talking about what matters. We're talking about the change that we want to see in the world because we understand on some level, everything is transient. You know, Just because you're on top right now doesn't mean that you're going to be on top forever. You might experience ups and downs in life so that they can teach you how to be humble, how to be patient, how to be more understanding, 
the greatest leaders are the leaders that have suffered the most because they can relate now to that pain of others. But something else also happens because you are learning who you are. You're also understanding who you're not. So people might perceive you as the villain in their stories because they still haven't lived the victim programming, the victim mindset. And you have to make peace with that as well. Because in someone's story, you might appear like Draco Malfoy, the villain from Slytherin. But guess what happened to Draco, Draco in the story? By the end, he was also a teacher. He was also somebody that you wanted to be like because he protected his family. He protected, you know, the, the, he understood the power of unity, essentially. And I think that's what happens in life. We might start in environments where we're victims or where we're bullies. At some point, we're going to discover unity is 10 times stronger than the division. And sometimes that division has been created by our parents by our grandparents, by our teachers, by our employers, because on some level they still think the toxic culture is normal because they don't know any better. But because you do, you become the cycle breaker. Education can really begin to teach that sense of, that state of being of unity. And it's the perfect place really, because when we're children, we are so unapologetically ourselves until somebody decides to stop us, to moderate us, to, to put us into this box. Because as children, we also are quite defenseless to some degree because we're still naive. We're still, we still carry that innocence. It's much easier for us to be authentic, but it's also much easier for us to not know how to defend ourselves. So the education, if it approached the educating with more of a sense of play, more of a sense of embracing our differences and teaching the curiosity, not so much teaching the lessons, but teaching the curiosity that allow you to view the lesson from your own authentic lens, because you might be reading the same lesson. And for one person, what they're gonna find amazing about the lesson is the visuals. They're gonna think, oh my God, this textbook has chosen amazing pictures. Another person is gonna find the font to be amazing. Then there's gonna be somebody that says, the storytelling here is amazing. And somebody's gonna say, wow, these dates, let me see what I can find. Because we already have that encoding within us about our purpose. So we're teaching the exact same lesson, the exact same textbook, but because we have different missions, different life purpose, even when we're children, we notice different things because different things brings value to our mission, to our purpose. And the teachers, their role is to almost track what excites us so they can guide us, so they can be the mentors that say, I noticed that you like that picture. Let me recommend you something more to discover. Maybe let me give you some comic books. Maybe you're a visual learner. Let's get you signed up to the um, audio club, video club, AV club. I think that's, that's what it's called. It's not about teaching people how to fit in, teaching kids how to fit in, but understanding what's the kind of presence that they want to create? What's the kind of authenticity they want to bring out to the world? And maybe we still have boxes because it's easier to, tra to transport ourselves within those boxes. Or maybe they're trains and they connect us. And we put people on these trains so they can travel together and then they have a pit stop and then they connect and jump on another train. And these trains are the trains of authenticity that kind of guide us through different types of learning. It's unlocking authenticity at school that would be a completely different way to view education because you're going to be going to school knowing today I'm going to learn something new about myself. 
It's not about just Christopher Columbus. It's not just about the periodic table. It's also about what can I do with what I've learned? How does it relate to my story, to who I am? Because that authenticity, it's so difficult for adults to get to the heart of who they are because they've been told for so long they, they should be somebody else instead of being given a chance to unlock that when they were children and step by step build on top of that, build on top of that. So if schools were a place where you unlock your authenticity and kind of embody more of that authenticity so that when you go into the workforce, you know what you want to build, you, you know what you want to co-create. And one of the beautiful things about this is as we covered in one of the latest conversations on my podcast, not everybody wants to build new businesses or reinvent the industries. They just want a leader to lead them somewhere. They want to bring their gifts, their talent, their knowledge. So it's not a fight about who wants to be on top and claim all the glory and all the fame. No, it's, it's about sharing the stage. It's about knowing that you're on this train, you're going to be performing at this stage. You're on another train, you're going to be performing at another stage. It's about reaching people, connecting with people. It's not about claiming the spotlight for 50 years. It's about knowing that your message, your story can inspire one community in one country and then another one in another country. And this kind of education and viewing the world like that opens so many doors. And we start to view tourism and collaborations and exchanges when it comes to you know school university work as an opportunity for us to expand our own growth so when we come back to our own community we can channel more of our potential into the, those communities it's not about stealing the talents it's not about you know creating these superhumans that get attracted by one company the silicon valley and google and x and no it's about understanding that the only leverage these companies have is the promise of money but money is not the most important thing. And when we start to value our authenticity and that we all have a part to play in this plan, we're going to shift our values and shift the way that we prioritize our life on a day-to-day basis. Long answer. Yeah, <laughs> no. And I was writing some things down and I love this idea of the focus and priority for school is unlocking authenticity instead of becoming an expert in something, right? Like no one truly is an expert. I don't ever think that I'm an expert in psychology or history when I'm teaching it. I tell my students that they ask me questions. If I don't know it, I say, I don't know it, but that's a really cool question. And I'm going to look it up. And I usually do it in real time if I have some time in class or at least by like the next day. And I also say, you know, go and do your research too. And let's come back together and see what we find that, we're in this learning, exploration, experimentation together. I can be a guide and give some structure and like pointers, but that I want to see what you're interested in. Of course, like I'm still in a traditional school and we have curriculums and we have skills that we want to teach them. And we do a lot of, I think, still really neat stuff, but there's not really a lot of soft skills like we talked about, which I really don't like using the word soft skills. I know that's how people say it, but we should have more things like financial literacy and our, you know, um, interpersonal skills and um, looking at your EQ and all of that. And I do a little bit of that in psychology because it just kind of goes along with it, but we don't ever really talk about authenticity. I don't think I've ever, I know it, I do it in this work. I don't think I've ever actually done that as part of like a lesson or conversation in school. And I even have an advisory class where 
we meet with a small group once a week where we kind of can just do, there are some lessons where we kind of can do whatever we want. And so you're actually inspiring me since we have this conversation today to maybe just start to infuse that conversation with the students I have in front of me, like even asking them, what does it mean to be authentic? Like, do they understand that term? And go from there and say, well, what does it mean for you to be your authentic self? What does that look like? If students saw these types of conversations happening and the type of work we were doing was more about their authenticity, they would want to come to school all the time. They probably would never want to leave it because they're like, I get to just be myself. I get to explore. I get to try different hats on. I get to see what works and doesn't and it's playful and no one's telling me you didn't do a good job on this. You need to do this. Of course, everyone needs to learn from their own errors and like improve. We're not saying we're giving everyone a gold star and you're perfect all the time, but it's about embracing the imperfections, embracing the desire to learn from things you don't understand and to improve. But most students, unless they're in like specific, like these new kind of alternative education spaces, um, which I'm really interested in, most students still don't want to come to school. They dread it. You ask them like, they get excited about breaks, which of course teachers do too, but they're like, I'm back at school and I'm stressed out again. I'm back at school and it's all about competition. It's all about what grade did you get? And it's, it's, you know, humans against humans, not mm-hmm. humans working together. We do collaborative work, but it's still like, here's your report card. Here are your grades. Here are your comments, me. And then you got friends and you're going to ask them, well, what did they get in that class? I had a student come up to me recently and he's like, I got, I'm getting an 88%, a B plus. Is that a good grade? Because he's like a a student from China. He's new this year. I was like, yes, that's a very good grade. Like we're going to just talk about grades. And he's like, do other people have that grade in this class? I'm like, well, I can't share that with you. (laughs) I can't share what other students are getting, but I'm like, you don't need to worry about that. Like just worry about your own progress and not so much about the number or the grade about like, how do you feel? As a student in this class, do you feel like you're working at your writing skills and your communication skills? We do a lot of discussion. And when you ask that question, they're like, "Um, I guess, I don't know. They're just thinking about the number and the grade. Um, And it can be very frustrating for teachers, like especially as teachers start to awaken and open more to a holistic way of teaching is like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like this way, like I want to be a teacher, I want to be in education because I care about kids and I really care about it evolving. But how am I as one person going to change this? But you are inspiring me just like, you know, for the teachers out there, you can have a conversation with your students and you can still do your curriculum. You can still do whatever lesson plans that you got to turn into the school, but you can have a conversation with your students and ask them about their authenticity. Ask them about what do you enjoy learning about. You know, maybe I can't completely create a lesson for 20 students sitting in front of me. That's, you know, everyone Mm -hmm. wants the thing they want to learn, but I can infuse some of that conversation. I can infuse some choice and some resources that will at least be a little bit more expansive just to start, you know, 
But there's many teachers craving, craving change because they're, they're always saying like, ah, the whole grading system doesn't work. Right. I don't, I don't like the way we do it. Or I don't like that. There's so much structure. Like teachers are ready too. maybe not all of them, but there's a lot. And that's why there's a lot of new teachers, like young teachers who won't stay in it very long and will leave because they're ready. They're ready (laughs) for the new way. And the mold isn't quite cracking yet. Yeah. I mean, that's what I experienced as well more so in the workplace than a university although I did see it at university because the new generations bring new energy new ideas and they're quite literally channeling it from source some of them the more you know spiritually enhanced people the more intuitive beings on earth um but there was resistance that's not how we do things here and I saw that while I was working at the beginning of my career. That's not how we do things. And it was usually the older generations that wanted to preserve the, the status quo as it is, even though it was dysfunctional. And they could say it was dysfunctional, but that meant they have to change. They have to take accountability for not seeing it, maybe, as a problem, for not seeing their own behavior as a problem. So instead of doing something about it and understanding that this is an opportunity for them to grow and expand and unlock new levels for them they decided to project that and make you feel like you are the problem by trying to change something that has been working for many years and unfortunately some of them are not ready to have that conversation but like you said there are so many new age thinkers new earth leaders that view the system as corrupted as broken and sometimes it starts small you start with one school, you start with one business, but that sets the tone. It creates a case study. It creates inspiration for other people. You know, I've always thought about that part that I get to play as just one person, but I know that it's working because my conversations with people have changed. And one of the powers of, you know, approaching self-growth in the way that I approached it was that I asked questions. I didn't tell people you should do this and that. I asked them questions and I let that journey with questions every single day a new question and the way i've designed journals to help people is with questions because ultimately you might be learning the same lesson but you have to approach it in a way that fits your understanding your um kind of growth because you might have learned a certain aspects of life certain aspects that other people haven't but they have something to teach you that you haven't yet experienced because we all come from different backgrounds and especially students that come from different countries, they bring different cultural upbringing. So they bring different customs, different traditions. So the way that we can teach one another, how we celebrate holidays even, it can enrich us. You can judge people for saying, oh, why do you celebrate your holiday like that? That's wrong. Or you can say, well, that's interesting. I've just learned another way that I can celebrate. I've just learned another way that I can cook this meal. I've learned another way that I can approach studying literature or even watching movies. Some people like to watch movies with the subtitles on. Some people like to watch movies with foreign subtitles so they can learn another language. There's so many different ways that we can live. And it's not about that judgment. It's about wow, you've just showed me another way that I can experience being human. But that one sentence that you said, that approach of being authentic and coming to school, it just gave me chills that, you know, imagining that student that says, wow, I got to be myself today. Isn't it funny that even after all this time, we are amazed that we get to be ourselves. That is what is authenticity. 
the ability to be ourselves every single day without filtering. And it has to do with calming our nervous system because our nervous system is just, has been exposed to so much stress. It's out of balance. And we are attached to being in a state of fight or flight because otherwise something's wrong because we've accepted that as the norm. We're always in this fight or flight. So the first step to embracing our authenticity is actually calming our nervous system. So maybe that's one of the first, you know, bridges that the education system has to do is creating those classes for understanding how our nervous system operates and what we can do every single day, these daily habits that we can start implementing into our routine. And children, they implement these new habits in seconds. Like you tell them and they're like already doing it. It's not, oh, tell me how to do it. Like I would tell my sister exercises, when it, just yoga or gym. She would start doing them in seconds. She's like, oh, that's amazing. What's next? Children are ready to learn and they are ready to try new things without judgment. And they will repeat more of that, which brings them joy because they're so connected to that inner child because they are that child. Adults, they need a little bit more time to warm up. But I've experienced that I've had, I've seen people have a change of heart by simply asking them a questions and just being patient with them as they try to find that authentic self. But one of the things that we can do that just came to mind when it comes to teaching authenticity at school is imagine the first year of school to be, you start the first, your first class ever with the question, who am I? And they write a short essay, short answer. The last day of that first year, you ask them again, write another essay. Who am I? What did you learn from this period of you showing up every single day, learning things? What did you learn about yourself in that one year? And if they have already built the mindset every single day, I get to learn something about myself that I can use to collaborate and help others and build with others and build for myself, whether it's Lego structures, whether it's writing songs. There are so many talented people that they can write symphonies at the age of seven, but that talent is not always being allowed to be expressed. But what if they were given that task? You have one year to learn about who you are, what you like, what you don't like. Think of every day as an experiment. Some days you're gonna try writing with your left hand, with the right hand, drinking juice, drinking Coke. You're gonna uh, make, you're gonna plant a seed and watch it bloom and raise that flower. You're gonna be given a pet. Imagine you have that when you're a child one year of that self-discovery voyage that person is going to be changed forever because of that one year and especially because when we're so young we learn so fast you're gonna look if we're operating at four percent you're gonna rewire the brain of that child to unlock eight percent maybe i don't know <laughs> no yeah i'm not adding science into it but no, and I love that question of like, who am I at the beginning of the year? And then asking that at the end of the year, I think that's a great, like in any grade level, like, you know, I teach high school. I think you could do that in any class at any grade level. Um, and I always ask them at the end of the year too, like, what did you learn from each other? So it's like, who am I? Who am I now? What have I learned? But what did I learn in this community about other people and other perspectives? And it brings me back to thinking about, um, I'm doing a, a unit in psychology on sensation and perception. And I always tell them like, we all sense the same way when our senses are working. Like if we can see and we can hear and all of that, 
but our perception is completely unique to us. But then when we come in community and we share, we get to share those perceptions and that expands our perception even more. So it's not just about like, well, this is my perception, this is yours and that's it. It's like, no, the sharing is the biggest part because then we unlock even more of that perception of the world and how we learn and what we've learned and all of that. And so I think just tweaking these little conversations, like just throwing in again, the conversation of authenticity, the conversation of who am I and, you know, how do I like to learn and what do I like to learn about and what do I learn from other people and just getting them to think a little differently about being a curious and reflective mind. You're not curious about life and you're just doing the motions and the status quo, then it just, you feel like a robot, right? You don't, you kind of lose that sense of being a human, but these are not big structural changes. Like ultimately, yes, both you and I, and so many that I've had on the show want to see big system shifts, Mm -hmm. right? But we can start doing these little tweaks now, just in the way we conversate with young people. And little by little, you're planting the seeds and getting maybe students to think a little differently and maybe ask those big questions themselves and ask each other those questions. I love when you um, ask students to create their own questions with whatever you're, you're teaching, but just about anything. And so that gave me another idea. I feel like a cool collaboration between you and I would be the, like have like a professional development workshop on these conversations and going into schools and doing it and just saying like, we're not telling you to change your curriculum or school system. It's just start to embed these conversations with your students on a regular basis. And it literally will start shaping their mindset, that growth mindset. It's like, um, if our, if, if our consciousness is a database uh, and this is the easiest way to, you know, describe it, you're installing a new program and that program is downloading and it's running in the background but because you've already installed that program. It's collecting data and it's giving signals and it's giving prompts and it's allowing for a new type of signaling to happen in the brain of the student or even the teacher because they're now exposed to new type of information. It doesn't mean that you're actively doing something every single day because we know doing the work can be exhausting. It can be tiring for you to try to be a better person every single day. It's a lot of energy. You're directing your energy to always try to be a better version of yourself. And sometimes you just need a break. Sometimes you just need to go and experience actually being human and not think and track every single habit and what you say, because authenticity, as you mentioned, it's also being allowed to make mistakes and give yourself permission to make mistakes and not moderate every single thing that you're doing just for the sake of being a more elevated version, because you are the mere pursuit of you being a better version and learning more and applying that curiosity, you are naturally expanding and unfolding like that blossoming flower. You're just showing more of yourself to the world. But even a rose has some thorns and some people might just experience that because they're not high enough to view <laughs> the flower. Just just as an example, but yeah. That's a great I, analogy. I like yeah, I, like <laughs> I know. It might have to be in a, a conversation we have because I really do envision, you know, I'm still in like current teaching role and I'm doing the podcast and I have ideas for other book, but I I would like to get into schools at some point and maybe bring these conversations to as many different like educators as possible. Um, 
And that way you can also start to change the system internally and like in little baby steps. Cause I believe in real change happens like that mm-hmm. and not just like the whole system crashes and then we just rebuild and then it's just going to be great. I'm like, no, that's not reality. <laughs> like most things. That with the financial system. It just crashed. I know. We had to change it. Let's not do that with the education system. No, because yeah, because then you're going to leave all these kids behind. So we don't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. So I think doing small tweaks and letting things marinate, starting to build new neural connections. I love the brain science talk. That's totally my wheelhouse. Um, I think that's a way that you can really get people on board. Cause another thing is getting people on board to start mm. to think a little differently and say, yeah, and tracking it. Like, okay, you had that conversation with your students and what was that like? Okay. Like, and then over a year of doing a couple of these tweaks, like, what was that like? Survey them, you know, reflect on your own, um, learning as a teacher as well. And so you know, you collect that evidence and you're like, well, that kind of like worked, right? Like they kind of seemed a little bit more into what we were doing. Okay. Well, let's keep doing that. (laughs) You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be that difficult. Um, I love, we could talk for hours and hours. I love having these conversations with you. Thank you so much for coming on the teacher's story. You are just a big thinker and, but with that, you have a lot of granular details as well and strategy So I appreciate the two combined because it makes it also very digestible and like, oh, this is what we can do with it. So you're bringing great light into the world and now onto this podcast for teachers and students and education. So thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you, Jackie. It's been fantastic to have you as a teacher in my life because I've been learning so much from you and I've already described you as a teacher in, you know, one of the podcasts that we recorded where we talked about the school of life one book that comes to mind that I would always recommend until the next, you know, great book enter my life, Atomic Habits, where it just says what you said, small changes applied every single day. 1%, you get better 1% every single day, incremental changes over time, because you still need to give students and teachers that breeding space where they get to try different things and investigate and experiment and see if that worked or it didn't work. And It's a little bit like planting the seeds and waiting for the flowers to bloom. You know, you create the perfect conditions, but you still have to give them their own time because they have seasons where they bloom, seasons where they're underground, seasons, you know, we change like the seasons and we change with the seasons as well. But with teachers like you and this podcast platform that you've built and the connections and the network that you're building that is equally passionate about changes in the education system and in the world, I think big changes are a hit because you are showing up every single day and applying that that message of positivity into the world and that fate, but also that determination, that curiosity of I'm still learning, but I know that I'm on the right track and I'm going to share everything that I find because I might not see it yet, but somebody might learn something from my ideas and help me build this and we're all getting inspired from each other's messages which is fantastic to see because we're not meant to do this alone we're meant to do it together and the fact that we're talking from two different countries and being on the same wavelength that can only mean that we're already making a difference in the world we're already changing we're already aligning and if we can connect with the power of our energy of our thoughts of our determination 
of our emotions, then it's only a matter of time where we bring that into our own communities and we inspire that ripple effect in the immediate environment that we're in. So, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. And I can say the same about you. And this is where you definitely plug yourself and I'll put it in the show notes, but you have to listen to Stella's podcast. Um, so if you just want to like plug yourself a little bit and share about your podcast or any of your other work book coming out, and then I'll put links in the show notes as well. Will do. Yeah. Born to do it. I talk with positive change makers around the world that are sharing the story of how they found their passion and they followed it. And I analyze their needs over chart, as I like to call it, their earth instructions, because it gives them direction. It gives people direction as to what their North Star is and where their growth opportunities for their success, for their happiness, for their abundance. And big souls, big ideas. This is a podcast quite literally dedicated to abundance mindset, where we talk about the big ideas in life, but we don't talk about them as if there's something scary, as if education is scary or there are topics that we should not talk about. We're removing the fear around being vulnerable and talking about things that excite us that society maybe doesn't talk about, or maybe society is scared to approach because they have heard something from their grandparents or from the neighbor and so on and so on. Fear is created when we don't know things about life so let's keep that curiosity alive and let's get to learn from one another so that we can replace the fear with love with joy with excitement because learning is exciting yes you need to follow Stella's podcasts and follow her connect with her on LinkedIn or anywhere else in social media land she's everywhere it, you're doing such a service too and you show up every single day. You are super driven, very dedicated, but very like peaceful and light. And again, authentic. It's a great combination because you could have drive and then someone could be like super intense and you just have a peaceful, calm energy about you. And so Stella is wonderful to connect with, reach out to her and I'll plug all of that in the show notes. And I just got an idea about, I'll have to reach out to you about um a big soul, big idea episode about language and not like just and not learning like new languages that could be maybe part of it but how we use our language and the power of language because I think certain terminology that gets thrown around could be either self-limiting and defensive or it could be super abundant and powerful and Mm -hmm. I really come into looking at how I write and use language um of course I didn't learn this on my own. I've learned it from multiple people in my life because we all do this together. Like you said, we are not doing this alone. We are all inspiring each other. So that just might be something I can um, do with you. We'll see. So thank you again for being on The Teacher's Story. Thanks, Jackie. It takes a village to raise a child, but it also takes a village to raise abundant, high vibrational performers and we as light workers are just reminding people of their own light. So let there be light. <laughs> let there be light. Great way to end it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jackie. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to The Teacher's Story. If you like this story, please subscribe and leave a review. You can also follow this podcast on YouTube and subscribe and leave a comment. All reviews help this podcast keep going and elevating teacher voices.